0: These are fun, off-the-cuff discussions on movies and streaming series, both new and old.
1: Together, we'll attempt to bridge the gap between Hollywood Industry Insider and the casual viewer.
0: This is Alec. And I'm Ben. And you're listening to the Cinema A
1: to B Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Cinema A to B. Today, we're going to discuss the holdovers. Uh, 2023, directed by Alexander Payne, written by uh, David Hemmingson. Alec um, stars Paul Giamatti. What did you think? I liked it.
0: So, this is one of those. How do we say? It? There's nothing special about this film, right? So, as I'm watching it, I enjoyed it. I did. I. F- it didn't feel long. There was parts of it I thought that could be cut, but there wasn't anything about this movie that I didn't feel like I haven't seen before and seen multiple times. The story, I mean, it's a nice story. I think Paul Giamatti is one of the most talented actors that we have. And he floats through this film effortlessly, like doesn't even feel like he's acting, feels like everyone else around him is, is, is acting. And he's just a real person in this film. But besides that, there's not, I don't feel there's many risks being taken. There's a couple fun things I think that they did with some of the shooting locations, with the actual cameras they used or the lenses or whatever to make this kind of really feel actually like being shot in the time period if it. it is like 1970, 1971 time frame. Um, I really liked that. I did actually get to see this in the theater. It was a good viewing experience, but there was nothing in it that really made me go. This needed to be in the theater. Like I could have seen it streaming, which is it is right now at the moment. But again, I walked out. I wasn't bored. I wasn't uninterested. But it definitely wasn't like, oh my goodness, this was great. Like this was fantastic. It was, and much like with a lot of Alexander Payne's stuff, I kind of, outside of maybe Sideways, I'm kind of like walk away going okay, that's a film. And that's really what I got from this. So how about yourself? Yeah, I,
1: I enjoyed it. I appreciated it. I, I streamed it on Peacock, Mm -hmm. um, here at the house and, you know, on the projector. And so I had something quasi cinematic experience and yeah, it's a, it's a nice looking film. I don't know why they didn't shoot on film. It's shot, it's shot on the area Alexa and then kind of mucked up and you know grain added back in and that might just be a financial choice because it is it's cheaper to shoot digitally but it is a really nice looking image and the performances are good and yeah Giamatti's great but yeah we have seen this before because frankly his character doesn't feel that far removed from his character in sideways no
0: not at all like it he could-
1: really doesn't and that's not a knock on Giamatti in his performance I just I just think the character's written and it just feels really similar. And then the movie that that I was like comparing it to, because I think there's just something with the whole private school thing and a character that doesn't really understand himself. And then kind of the codependency was Rushmore. Mm -hmm. And I think Rushmore is a vastly better movie than this. Oh yeah. And this thing's getting all of the Oscars hype in the world. And I'm like, why? Now this is a this is a heavier weightier film as far as the the content in it the subject matter than Rushmore. Rushmore is a funnier film, mm-hmm. but a lot of the same themes are present in Rushmore that are in this and it's not just the private school thing. There's there's other themes of loss and finding yourself and kind of evolving as a human being that I just think Rushmore does better. And mm-hmm. so I came away from it going I, this doesn't feel as original as I think people want you to think it is. Yeah. Like it, it it's getting this huge push in the Oscars, largely for Giamatti's performance, which I think is warranted, but he, I've watched this now and I'm going, there's no way he should win against Killian.
0: No, absolutely for Oppenheim.
1: like no, no way. Like it just doesn't need to happen, but yeah, this sits at an 8.0 on IMDb. I think Rushmore's like a seven or seven, one or something like that. And I, there's a, they do, they share some commonalities and I'm like, some of this feels like a hype train to me. Mm-hmm. Like it's a good film and I don't regret watching it for a second. And I was intrigued and there was some emotional beats with character reveals of stuff that they're carrying with them that I was like, whoa, that you don't expect. But it largely kind of went where I thought it would go it's fairly predictable in that way.
0: Very predictable. I mean, there's one, there's one or two beats where I was like, Oh, okay, this is an interesting take on it. But again, like we said, this is something I've seen many, many times before. I mean, I also got lots of hints of like dead poet society from it. Yes. That was um, the other one. And dead poet society is so much better than this. And, and again, I'm not trying to knock, you know, too badly of the acting. Um, but that film had so so much better acting. I mean, like again, Paul Gimani, I think it's amazing. I mean, he's an actor's actor, like pretty much every actor appreciates Paul Giamatti and just what he brings forth. But I'm going to say from from the most part, everyone else was especially uh, I actually wasn't a big fan of Dominic's. um, So he I felt a little forced, felt a little bit like he's trying to act the entire time I'm sitting there kind of going, hmm, I don't really believe this, you know, or I really feel like you're trying you're pushing for an emotion as opposed to just arriving at an emotion whereas paul Giamatti just kind of like it's just in the like he's just this is me i'm this character i also got a lot of kind of you, you mentioned his character in sideways 100 i i completely agree with you i also got aspects of like his character in american splendor kind of that yeah. like that little balance between the the two um but definitely sideways i mean obviously he's not huge into wine like he's in sideways in this one he's huge into ancient <laughs> history ancient civilization in this one well, so and like other other uh, yeah, other <laughs> other, drink, other so. drink as well
1: yeah <laughs> which man my word i don't think i've seen more bourbon consumed in a film than this, <laughs> outside of maybe some westerns
0: yeah <laughs>
1: um yeah i i don't know how to feel about about dominic um Sessa, I, I enjoyed his performance, but you're right. There are some times where it feels a little heavy handed, mm-hmm. but if you go, but there's, there's like, this is his only credit. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know how he got discovered, but, and he's nominated for like BAFTAs and stuff. So maybe we're in the minority here on
0: like, well, apparently Paul knew him or had seen him in something or whatever. And he was the reason maybe why Sage? he got, Maybe a stage or something. I, I don't know exactly, but I know basically it was like uh, I'd read something that Paul had talked to to Alexander Payne was like, you should get this guy. Um, so th- uh, but going back to the acting, the only people the only other person that I really was actually quite happy with was uh, Divine uh, Joy Randolph, who played the cook. Yeah, um, she she was really, really good. Um, the, o- the only other thing that I'd really seen her in was Only Murders in the Building and where she plays very kind of straight lace, no nonsense, I mean she there's aspects of that here, but kind of to see her dealing with with stuff and with what th- things that were happening and all that stuff like really showed a different range of emotions that I'd seen her before, and she did a really nice job of kind of pulling me in and getting me to care about her and to want to know more about her life and what was going on
1: yeah, absolutely it's it's kind of it is it follows that I mean you've seen from the trailers it's it's kind of a trio yeah peace. it feels kind of forced at times them trying to give like equal screen time to the three mm-hmm. of them like it, there were there were a couple of places later in the movie I was like, we really probably should have intercut here mm-hmm. like yep. and yeah, it's me critiquing the editing a little bit, and it's not like the the editing's good, but there were a couple of places where they they sat on scenes with like Randolph playing mm-hmm. Mary, yep I know they exactly sat on a scene at her near the end for like a couple minutes. And I was like, this would make sense intercut with where like Giamatti is or where, I don't know. They, it just felt like they were trying to, to kind of.
0: Well, spread things out. And especially since they do a montage with Dominic and Giamatti, like literally like two minutes later, like two or three minutes later of them. And I'm, I'm assuming it's, it's kind of when they go on their trip or whatever that you're you're talking about. Yeah. like, like had that been interspliced showing both signs of them kind of throughout the days and do other stuff would have been so much better. I can tell you another thing that would have worked better was it takes a, a long time to get to the threesome. Like it feels ooh, really, it feels way, <laughs> it feels way too long. Like, like there's, the, there's no threesomes in the movie. There, there's no, no like, threesomes movie, but, but like it starts off as is more people there. And I don't feel like there's much benefit to it. Like, like I understand some of it, but, I, but I feel like I
1: think they didn't want to force that in at the beginning. I think they wanted to kind of pare it down, but over time.
0: But honestly, I think it would have been better because it felt like the movie didn't start until it's just the three of them. Like, yeah, but they had
1: to have that character get more and more frustrated and I won't say who it is, but they just had to have them get more and more ticked off about the circumstances. And so.
0: They, and I and I understand I know. that yeah. I don't. I I I felt like it was a little forced and just unnecessary. Is what I kind of walked out uh, thinking about it. Overall, the, and and it's not that the dialogue was bad. It it's not that the story beats were bad. It just it didn't feel necessary. It felt superfluous and just could have been cut that out. Made this linear film or shorten it. You know, still have those moments. But I mean, that's a good quarter to a third of the film that yeah. we could have. Sh- Shortened down.
1: Yeah. I, now I, I do appreciate the fact that to my knowledge, I don't know that much of any of this was shot like on a soundstage
0: anywhere. Oh no. I think pretty much almost all of it it's, was shot.
1: Yeah. It's all location and it, and it, it's a it's good, good, good decision. Like it, mm-hmm. it's aided by, by the location. And there's really nice cutaways to that location too, of like at the school, like mm-hmm. memorial stuff. And, um, with like world war one and, like they really set the tone well of this really, you know, this very prestigious, you know, <laughs> boarding school basically, uh prep school. But yeah, I just I don't understand the hype. It's good. It's good, but this thing's getting hyped up like crazy for around award season and yeah. occasionally it seems like every year there's at least one of these that I just leaves me scratching my head like who's getting paid to get this thing pushed? Cause it doesn't make sense. Like it's, I've seen other things that are as good, if not better that are like you said, right in this vein, I mentioned mm-hmm. Rushmore, you mentioned, you mentioned dead poet society. It is, it's like an amalgamation of Rushmore, dead poet society and sideways. Yep. A hundred percent. That's the pitch meeting. Like that. that's it. It's like, I've got a main character. That's very similar to sideways. The setting is dead poet society slash Rushmore. And we've got two characters very similar the way they interact in Rushmore with Bill Murray and Schwartzman.
0: So it's like, and, and honestly the, the, the character arcs could be any Christmas movie as well. Like, I mean, you throw the old curmudgeon and the screw up together and then, you know, see what, see what, it, it, what happens, you know, like that's kind of, again, it, it doesn't, there's nothing new here. And I mean, obviously most movies, there's nothing new under the sun, but like, it doesn't do anything different enough, or take as many risks to make it better. Or the I just better- wish it
1: was. I just wish it was funnier. Like yeah. all, pretty much all the funny moments made the trailer. Like it's there. There aren't that many in there. That there's a few, but it largely is a drama.
0: There was at least a couple moments that I laughed, but it was definitely near the back half of the film. Um, and I I didn't see the trailer for this, uh, so I literally just
1: yeah. knew it was Paul
0: Giamatti, and so I went. I went forget to see which movie
1: it. I saw in the theater that back in the fall that the trailer came on. And I was like, oh, Alexander Payne, like this looks promising. And they kind of suck you in with the whole retro look mm-hmm. of it. And then even the beginning, the opening titles, you can hear like the scratch of yeah. the film. And so I was like, I, when that was running, I'm like, man, are they going to commit to like leaving that in throughout the whole movie? And I was like, no, this was just, it's just the credits are done in the, definitely the way movie credits would have looked in 70 or 71 yeah. Which is kind of well,
0: neat. Again, they did all like the kind of the Warner Brother, not all well, the like opening scroll stuff or even the copyright image kind of felt older. Like they definitely was like, this is something you could have found in your grandparents, you know, movie collection or something that, you know, you missed. Eight point, I'm just seeing this 8.0 and it's kind of bugging it's, me. It's definitely not. I mean, Paul G. Mine is a close personal friend of mine. I mean, we've worked together. So, <laughs> well, yeah, no, I mean, you kind of, you, okay. So, so half of that, half of that is true. Is true. <laughs> and I want listeners
1: to guess which half of that do you think is true? Is, is Alec close personal friends with Paul Giamatti or did they work together? <laughs> yeah.
0: And the answer is, well, we, we work together and by work together. I mean, I was an extra on, uh, uh, shoot when he did um john adams for the hbo miniseries or whatever and
1: you and almost like made the cut too
0: i almost made the cut yeah i mean technically you can see my shadow but i wasn't playing the character that i was actually hired to play I was playing just a an, a real just true extra uh,
1: and what was the scene that was cut was
0: you was uh tea party yeah uh, yeah well kind of like that and that yeah tea party stuff were I was playing one of the Sons of Liberty and dressed up as like when they dressed up as the the Indians and they're running through to toss the the tea off the ship, and that was kind of that was a scene I was in with him. Unfortunately, and that got that got got nowhere. Yeah, got axed. He was really nice, like cutting room floor. Everything I've I've heard and read about Paul Giamatti is that he's the nicest guy, and and I'm going to be one of those people. Like he was super awesome. I mean, like. We, it was just him. He was the main guy. He, you know, would talk to us. He would, was nice to us asking about us and stuff like that. And like, like not at all this pretentious or thought he was better than that. Like truly just this kind of down to earth guy of like, this is what I'm doing. I'm having fun. How about you? Are you enjoying yourself? Like they treating you well. Yeah. Which they, they weren't, but that's beside the point. That's (laughs) That's a separate separate thing. Um, but no, that's
1: that's cool. Those darn editors.
0: Those darn. I mean, they didn't know. They didn't know what they had there. They didn't. They didn't. They
1: so didn't. yeah, this the fact that this is a best picture nominee no, is bothering me. It's bothering
0: it's, me. I just and, and I'm gonna i to say it. And as much as I love Paul Giamatti, I don't think he deserves a nomination for this. Like there was nothing in this that made me go, you know what? You were. I could tell you uh, there's there were several other movies with actors that I thought would have done should have gotten a best picture or I'm sorry, best actor no- nomination that over top of Paul Giamatti for this as yeah. well. And and again, and I have a soft spot ever since the negotiator, when I first saw him in that, I, I've just, I've liked him. I think he's, he's fantastic.
1: Yeah. And he's surprisingly, I mean, this is only his second nomination for, for an Academy award. Yeah. I can't remember the other one.
0: Uh Oh, it was a supporting role. Cinderella man. That's right. Ah, Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't actually a leading, leading one, but it was supporting role.
1: No, he is. He's a, he's a fixture among the best.
0: Mm -hmm. Hands down.
1: I do like the way I do like the way he has his character in this film, like walk. Mm -hmm. Like he's got a very specific gait that he develops for the character that I appreciated that, that kind of made like, he moves a specific way that isn't the way that another character played by Giamatti moves And so that was like a nice touch. Like he's definitely you're right though. He makes it look easy. Yeah. And I know it's not, but the great ones do make it look pretty effortless. And that, that encompasses like everything. That's just not even acting. It's like, that's in sports too. Like the great ones make it look super easy. Yeah. There aren't any other performances that are really jumping out. In fact, I do actually think that the, the guy that plays, um, Teddy, Kuntz? Mm-hmm. This Brady Hepner. I actually liked him. Like <laughs> like his his character is pretty <laughs> he's just like the butt of a bunch of jokes and yeah. just a kind of a general pain in the butt and was really good at it.
0: But, he was. I really disliked his character, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, appropriately.
1: But yeah, there's there's a couple, um there was one scene in here with like like kind of the male-female dynamic, like you think somebody's interested in you. And Mm -hmm. there was that moment that was like, Oh,
0: ouch. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oof. Yeah. There's some, there's some like effectively gut punch moments in this. And I think those, those work. I don't know. Is this just like a, is it much more than a character study? Like, I don't, I don't know.
0: It's really not. I mean, it's, it's just, it's just kind of seeing these, these actors, their, see where their they go, where their arcs change, um, see how they come together, how they split apart, those kind of stuff.
1: The arcs are the arcs are good, yeah, but the arcs are pretty good. I mean, yeah. like they got that that part is done
0: done well mm-hmm. and for the most part, but and the writing is fine too. Like the dialogue is 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 decent. Like I'm not sitting here going, oh, that was that was terrible or whatever. I just mean.
1: don't think I just don't think I found the journey that compelling. Maybe that's my problem, right? Like, mm-hmm. I like where the characters start, and I like where they end up. I don't find the journey to get there very, very compelling. Mm. A lot of people are going to watch this and be like, this is the most boring movie ever. I <laughs> wouldn't go that far. I I appreciated it, but it kind of, this film's like these require a longer attention span for sure. I mean, this is, because you're right, this thing at some points just gets super lean, where you're just talking about two or three Characters operating.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, so I just recently watched another movie that was kind of a character piece, but there was no character arc. The characters did not change from beginning to end. It was really just dialogue. But yet that was so much more interesting than this film to me, even though these do have character arcs. And I think some of it is because it felt a little more different, even though it felt very enclosed. It was like pretty much one, two set, you know, two locations for most of it. Outside of a couple flashbacks, but there was something, this push and pull this, like, where's this going kind of scenario where this one is super predictable. Like I knew exactly where it pretty much was going. Like we talked about outside of like one or two points. And I think that's kind of the big issue with it is just, it's a movie we've seen before and it doesn't do anything better than any of the others that we'd seen before.
1: I wanted, I think I wanted more laughs. I'm, I'm a simpleton. Alec. I just wanted, I wanted some more moments of levity and I felt like I had characters that could give me that. Mm -hmm. Like I felt I had, I felt like I had characters that could have been a lot funnier than they were and everything was really dialed down. This is not nearly as funny a film as sideways. No. I mean, sideways is a, is a comedy, like much more of a pure comedy than this. This is labeled as a comedy drama. I, it's a drama comedy. Like it's, there's not that much in it. That's I'll tell you what, though, this it's better than the movie I'm going to reference. But there's another movie that I saw within the last year or two that I had really big expectations for that. I just came away going. <laughs> was that licorice pizza?
0: Oh, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Yeah. And I was like, I had all these high hopes for it and just kind of came away like. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this one, I think I I would go back to at some point, maybe, whereas the other film.
0: No, I don't. Need, but I don't I mean like if I have to see this again. Sure. But somebody's going to barge into your house and be like, watch it. Tie I, you up.
1: And say you you gotta watch the holdovers. Yeah, and if
0: it was the holdovers, I'd, I'd watch it. If it was licorice pizza, I probably would resist and be like, mm, No, <laughs> I
1: probably
0: like let's, let's stop. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I
1: did like that. The shooting style was um, more in tune with the uh, late '60s, early '70s, like with the use of zooms and stuff. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. They did they a lot of fades. nice Yeah, there's some some zooms and um. Like, well, you have somebody coming, walking towards you, towards the camera, and the the camera will either zoom in as they come. And so it, it like, emphasizes how close it is. They, he doesn't do a bunch of, like, steady... There's not a lot of a bunch of steady cam movement or anything mm. like that in it. It's it's a lot of fixed positions, um, some zooms, lots of pans. It's, it's a very heavier camera mm. setup. And... But the color correction, the color grade on it is exquisite. It's really good. It's it's pretty close to the way I think the film would have looked, um, the movie would have looked if it was shot on 35-millimeter film. I But, like, I kind of wonder, why don't you just shoot it on film? Like, if you're mm-hmm. this obsessed with making it period correct, then just shoot 35. Like, it's not that much more money. But he must, Payne must shoot a lot of footage. Like, my guess is he shoots a lot of takes because that usually the guys that don't shoot a lot of takes are the ones that are still shooting film. Yeah. Like Nolan and Tarantino still shoot film and Spielberg. And those guys are not known for tons of takes. So Payne must like to shoot a lot of,
0: a lot of material. Yeah. Well, and the budget was only 70 million. And by only, I mean, that's a, I feel like that's a lot for this film. Does
1: it look like 70 million?
0: No. I mean, no. but like, that's hard to say, like, because obviously it looks older, but I Where did know. some of that budget go? Because I mean obviously I don't know because the locations else, don't feel that expensive, but they could have been, you know. They could have been.
1: been. There could have been a lot of money spending um turning certain other locations later into yeah. period correct
0: with which cars, the,
1: the cars and stuff like that. Like it that gets expensive to try to do that, but
0: but that's not that's, that's not a lot of the film. A lot of the film is just kind of very set in these couple locations, you know? Yeah. We do a couple extra things, but but that's a small part of the movie. I
1: don't know if it's seventy million worth worth of
0: no. cinema, well, and it and it didn't make that. It's like it made fifty five million worldwide box.
1: Office. How is he making movies? Like I how are they know. doing this? I don't know. Who's financing this? I mean, Peacock. Peacock
0: is it? <laughs> Peacock. Co- yeah.
1: it's Comcast, I, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know actually if that that is. I'm just joking that it was named one of the uh, top ten best films of 2023. <sighs> I'm gonna bang my know. head against the yeah. microphone.
1: I don't know about that.
0: No, I, I don't either.
1: Although people are probably gonna be like, well, if you don't know about that, then what are your top 10 films of 2023? <laughs> I don't know because I haven't seen them all. There's stuff yeah. from last year. I still have like yet to see. Yeah. If anybody thinks that all Alec and I do is sit around and do the podcast and go watch movies, <laughs> you are gravely mistaken.
0: You're gravely mistaken.
1: Yeah. It's I mean, tough. Like I've, uh, the backlog of stuff I've still got to see from, from last year is, is, um, I mean, it's not insane, but it there's there's still several movies sitting out there that I've got to watch. So I can't even I can't even do a proper summary recap of 2023. I don't know. I don't know if this was a top ten. I'm pretty sure I could find a way to put ten films ahead of this
0: <laughs> <laughs> in the 11 spot. The holdovers,
1: yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Again, and this is not to say that I don't didn't like it. Again, I walked away. It, you know, it was fine. It was a, you know I enjoyed it, but. And so if you're going to, if you want to go see it, go see it. You know, it's well done. It's just, you know, it didn't, it it didn't wow me. It didn't do anything I hadn't seen before. And that's not always a valid critique, but in this case, I think, it, I think
1: it is because I felt, I felt like when it was being marketed, it was marketed as this really fresh, like, you know, retro yeah. angst filled kind of comedy.
0: But if you're not going to do anything different or take any risks, you need to be better than what you're kind of going up against. What has already come before Like you need to at least, you know, go above and beyond what has come before to really kind of resonate. And this feels like you said, like I, you know, if it was like, Hey, let's watch this kind of film. I'd much rather put, you know, what put Rushmore into the, the DVD player or put yeah. dead society. I mean, heck, you know, just the characters are more interesting there, you know, and, and as much as like Paul Giamatti, but I mean, Bill Murray stuffing a kid in the basketball court is worth the price of admission <laughs> just by itself.
1: Yes, it is. Just my, he's on the phone, on the cell phone,
0: and then freaking rid- <gasps> throws yeah, that just, kid
1: shot right into the uh, other yard. Makes me happy. Yeah. Oh yeah, that whole. F- that whole movie makes me happy.
0: Yeah, I know it does. Know. And we we'll will, to, we will, we'll oh
1: yeah, we'll absolutely discuss Rushmore here on the podcast. No okay. question. No question.
0: But right, we're man, not you, talking about Rushmore no, today. No, no. <laughs> but it's,
1: it's going to draw fair comparisons. I'm, I'm not going to apologize for comparing that film. I don't always put butt up films next to each other and like hold them against each other in a mirror kind of way. But in this case, it felt like, I think you're right. I feel the mm. same way that I'd seen so much of this before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, presented to me in in different different movies, and people are more than welcome to jump on our YouTube channel and tell us how it wrong we are. I, I don't, don't. That's fine. Oh man. Well, final thoughts. I mean, I would still I would still tell people to give it a watch, even though I've mm-hmm. kind of we've kind of like banged on it a little bit. I would still say you know if you, if you appreciate Giamatti, it's worth watching for his performance. Um, you're not going to come away disappointed. It just you might come away a little bit underwhelmed in some areas, but I don't know. I didn't, I didn't turn it off and go, Oh, I wish I had that two hours and 13 minutes of my life back. Like I was glad I sat down and watched it. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Thanks everybody for listening to another episode (laughs) of us banging on the holdovers for 30 minutes or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. But certainly not one of the top 10 films of 2023, at least for us, but no, Make your own judgment call.
0: And so. yeah, and and this is the the beauty of this art form and this, you know, the culture that we have. There's so much content out there. There's so many good things that sometimes you're gonna come across stuff that just doesn't either resonate or is not great, but you can still appreciate it for other other reasons and and other things. And I think that's you know, we've talked about plenty of bad movies or plenty of okay movies in our, you know. 20 plus years of talking about movies so yeah there's just there's gonna be more to come so
1: and this is not a bad film it's no. just not i just don't i don't want to classify it as uh, great
0: <laughs> that's all that's all, right. all. thanks everybody